Okay, it is June 25th, 2021, and I have a testimony that I really want to share. Um, so today was, oh gosh, sorry, I'm like a little shaky because quite honestly, I have just been crying because I have been so in awe of what I've seen in the last 24 hours that and I've been brought very low in the last 24 hours that the whole <laughs> uh, pit to peak experience, I think that uh, many can understand is one where tears are only appropriate. So what I wanna share about specifically is what I've been experiencing behind the scenes in you might've heard or uh, listened to my last announcement episode on the podcast um, about the Calling Academy, and I've shut down my one-on-one -on -one coaching services. Specifically, that's been the Career Clarity Kickstart. Maybe it's good that was shut down because that name I know it's a little long. So I'm hopefully <laughs> I've hopefully got gotten better at my naming conventions. But anyway, so I have shut that down to now create a self-study course and version of the called career framework. Uh, essentially, the methodology I've been developing over the last three plus years uh, since I founded this career coaching practice that has helped my clients through the discernment of their calling uh, occupationally and then practically identifying what specific career path and job opportunity at this point in history really would best allow them to serve and live out that calling. Um, also honoring their preferences and um, and whatnot that are also important. So anyway, um, you know, if you listen to that, that yes, I have um, recently launched the Calling Academy. And so over the last, I think it's been what what was that like two and a half weeks that since I made that announcement that here it's open for enrollment um and today is the day that enrollment closed and like whoop de da okay like a, a program named the the calling academy all right uh where's the testimony in this uh essentially <laughs> gosh how do I even start so I guess first I'd like to start, you heard a little bit in the announcement, why did I make this change? Um, and so you probably know, just a brief recap, I was really, really feeling like it's time to make some sacrifices and even though I see, and I have so much compelling reasoning, just really it's because it's the only evidence I've been saturating myself with over the last few years, that just helping people individually in a one-to-one -one setting is really what serves them best. But since, honestly, before I even started the call to career and this podcast and everything, I just always pictured, I always pictured, okay, this is going to be able to help, I hope, a lot of people. And yet, I just really came up, and I mean, in the last few years, I really only... It was only appropriate to focus on mastery and competence and being able to help people in the way I've been called to. And so it was appropriate to just master that in an individual setting um, before opening it up and trying to serve on a broader scale. 
Um, but I have felt like now's the time, now's the time, now's the time. I always thought, I knew this day would come, but I always thought I would be able to feel really secure doing that. I always thought, oh, I'll have like a really smooth business plan. And by the way, just stick through this whole story because what I'm about to tell you is just crazy. So anyway, um, I always thought I was going to be able to create a smooth transition into that model and it was only going to be happier and you know more successful and it was going to be a, only a, feel like a good thing. Um, but in reality, just over the last couple of months, I have felt God really, really, really compelling me and giving me just so many ideas and such a heart to just, just get on the task of creating the Calling Academy, a resource where people can take themselves through this process um, and also make it more accessible to many more people because not everyone can afford an individual to hire a career coach individually. Um, so anyway, I just felt it impressed upon me. Like there's no smooth transition plan. You need to stop. You need to stop because you're really just spinning all your wheels and all my time. And I've been in a very busy season of business, just serving a relative handful of people. And I couldn't even imagine having the inner creative energy, the mind space to really set aside creating the Calling Academy. And that was just becoming more and more and more of a burden on my heart. Like, what are you doing? Until a few weeks ago, I just realized this is just disobedient. It is just disobedient. And I just need to, like, I woke up that Monday uh, that I announced the Calling Academy opening on Wednesday. I woke up that Monday just realizing literally today, you stop, you stop. So I made the new web page for the Calling Academy. I um, created a new application form for it. I wrote up the, uh, the contract for it and how the program would be designed and everything. That day, and I finished some more details the next day and then 9 a.m. Wednesday, I announced it. And if you heard my announcement, you know, I was like, <clears throat> my voice was shaky. It, I had every excuse in the book to think like, is this really stupid? This is crazy. Uh, and what will people think, honestly? What will people think? Will my one-on-one -on -one clients be confused? Um, and Or will I, I had some consultations booked? Will those people be mad that I am not going to serve them on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but I'm inviting them into a group experience or a self-study course that technically for the founding group uh, the group coaching pro, um, calls that I've added are really just a bonus, but there's, it's supposed to be an experience that's completely sufficient just in the self-study materials. Um, but anyway, so many, I was so scared. So anyway, I launch it anyway. And if y'all followed along on Instagram with me and, or if you're in my email community, you heard and you saw that the response initially was incredible. It was incredible, okay? I have never received a response like that. Wow, my cat just spit all over my arm. He was sitting on my lap and he, I guess, was really comfortable. And when cats are comfortable, they spit. Isn't that weird? Anyway, so you saw that I have, I had an incredible response and I've never received um, so many uh, inquiries about working with me 
in such a short time frame. Technically, I think it was six applications for the 10 spots I had open for the Calling Academy. Six people had applied within the first 36 hours. And then uh, just, I think it was just a few days later, like still I hadn't even reached halfway through the launch period or the enrollment period. I think it was nine people had applied. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what happens when you're faithful, God. Yeah, thank you so much. This is amazing. Um, look at how he just rushes in with blessing when I like when I do what I feel like I'm called to do and I feel like I'm doing the right thing. Even if it doesn't make sense according to the world standards, this is what happens. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Cue deep disappointment to follow. So I... I'll be very honest about what happened next. Really before this, the disappointment and the crickets started happening, I was watching The Chosen, which may, I know that actually quite a few of y'all might be fans of that show too. If you're not, absolutely go check it out. That show is, it's a transformational experience to watch. It's incredible. Um, it's essentially a TV show. Um, it's the first multi-season series to ever be created going through the accounts of the gospels and showing Jesus's ministry. Um, it's wow. So anyway, I was watching this YouTube video and this is before things started getting disappointing and scary, um, where the director of the call or the chosen, the calling academy, what the chosen, um, he was sharing his, a little bit about his testimony about how, that show came into being. I really recommend that you go look up that YouTube video. I think if you just search Dallas Jenkins, Jenkins, whatever, <laughs> uh, the chosen testimony, um, you'll see it. And what he shares in that video is that actually this show um, only came from one of the most deeply painful experiences, hardships, and failures in his professional career. He, um, yeah, I think that you really should go listen to the story, but essentially, uh, he had, um, been working really hard, but not seeing much fruit in his career for, I think a few years. And he was like hired by this church to be their director of, uh, I think like, media and film and he wasn't been he wasn't given many projects and but after a while he finally got a good project out and he was like all right well i hope this something comes from it and what comes from it he gets invited i think it was sometime later some director in hollywood like a high up person he got a hold of the video and invited dallas apparently if i'm explaining it right to um create, like they were fully going to fund him, which is a huge deal, uh, to create Christian movies actually to be marketed to a secular audience. And by the way, the funding company was like a horror film production studio, not faith-based whatsoever. And also the WWE, I'm pretty sure I'm quoting that correctly. And he was like, wow, how, okay, Side note, how understandable would it be for him to believe that this is the calling, this is what every moment in my professional career was always building up to? 
this is it. This is it. This is it. And look at the blessing. Just kind of like me. I was thinking, look, I went out there and I did this and I made this change and I stuck my neck out. Um, I, I burned the ships, you know, that whole principle of burn the ships for something good and show that you're really committed. And he did that. He did that too. And how understandable would it be for him to make all that meaning out of that insane opportunity? So essentially to cut uh, to the end of the story, he produces the film, the first film in the series that he was going to do for them, and it completely bombs and he instantly gets dropped. And that cued obviously a really dark time. How deeply disappointing would that be? That literally would, we would have every every reason to believe, wow, if that were me, I would think I just missed the opportunity of a lifetime. And I know I would be beating myself up to no end. And yet it was a year later, um, he did another trailer, um, another like short film, I think. And it was, uh, uh, from, it was just depicting a scene from the Bible and that got picked up by someone else and essentially blah, 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 the chosen happens, which becomes the, um, the biggest crowdfunded film project in all of history. Um, and certainly the most visible, um, production, a, a film in a faith context or a TV series of its kind to reach this magnitude, this many people, it's crazy. So he, he was saying in his testimony that in that really dark period, God highlighted to him and his wife too the story of the multiplication of the loaves and fish. Uh, if you're familiar with that story um, in the Bible, a lot of us are. So God essentially a lot of uh, thousands and thousands of thousands of people. I think it was like an estimated 14,000 people because in the biblical account, I'm pretty sure it said 5,000 men, not including women and children. Um, and so based on estimations of the time, it might've been about 14,000 people followed Jesus out for days into a remote spot and and they were hungry. We know from the general story, we kind of, I always was familiar with, okay, they were hungry and the disciples were like, Jesus, how are we going to feed these people? We need to let them go to a nearby town so they could get food and water. Um, and then Jesus says, who has like something to eat? And one of the disciples is like, well, we only have these two loaves and five fish. And Jesus says, give them to me. And he breaks the bread and lifts up the fish and he blesses it. And then it's multiplied to not only feed all the people in the crowd, but also there was 12 baskets of food and scraps left over. And I already knew that story, but what Dallas highlighted in this testimony is that he didn't realize, neither did I, that in studying that story further, he, um, he saw that actually it says that they followed him out to such an extent that they had the whole crowd had been without food and water for three days. And Jesus knew, it says Jesus knew that if anyone was told, yeah, go back to a town. Uh, and, and if anyone tried or decided they weren't being held there, of course, according uh, against their will, but if anyone even tried to go to a nearest town for resources, they would faint 
or even die along the way. It was that bad. I really, I didn't ever study that story close enough to realize it was that bad. And Dallas was saying that he realized this is a story where Jesus, I mean, he knew what he was doing. He took them to their limit. And then out of necessity, there was only, only scraps left. Only those two, there was a little boy with two loaves and five fish. And the disciples are like, this is ridiculous. What's going to happen? And Jesus through that, I didn't realize how desperate it was. He showed this miracle. He showed up in the biggest way. And that stretching experience, even life-threatening experience, showed people an event that all of the rest of history would remember. A miracle to that magnitude. And Dallas Jenkins was saying another area of that story that spoke to him was that God was saying through that parable, just you don't have to believe or see everything or um, trust that the result is going to be all that wild or anything. You don't have to know what the results are. Trust me, I've got the results handled. All you need to do is lift up, bring your loaves and fish to the table, lift up your hands. And like another person I heard recently, she said, my goal every day is to give something God to bless, lift something up for God to bless. And that requires action on your part to do something like that. And so I heard, I heard this and I had the, the message of just offer up your loaves and fish, basically give something to God to bless. And also don't be surprised if you're stretched to your limit. And I thought, oh, wow, that's really cool. That's really charming. And then the coming days ensued and I had guys Even though there was nine applicants for those 10 spots and I thought, surely this is a done deal. And I was saying things like, it looks like the doors are going to close for enrollment much sooner than expected. And then I have never experienced such a no-show, rate of no-shows in my professional career. It was crazy. So I think it was actually four times, four times times that someone applied took up honestly this really made me so upset and honestly it made me feel disrespected which is kind of natural I'm just trying to share really how I like the real life feelings behind these things because maybe you'll relate to it more Um, but I was upset that four people applied to take up my time and I prepared for those calls and I showed up on zoom and four people totally ghosted me and didn't even show up. Um, one like never really apologized and then another like asked to reschedule and then she literally ghosted me again. Can you believe? Oh my gosh, this it was just so disheartening. And then I had a lot of other people come along and say, wow, I'm so interested. Yeah, like even before the Calling Academy became a thing, I had people saying, yeah, I really like that idea if I shared it with them or others saying, I just know I really want to um, experience career coaching with you. I need help. Uh, This is the painful stuff I'm going through in my career. I'm really frustrated. I'm feeling really stuck. I want help. And needless to say, well, what I'm trying to get to is I just knew that there was so, I really had about triple probably 30 people in my mind before launching this program that I I really thought were strong leads for those 10 spots. And so then to experience total crickets in the meantime, and 
why am I upset? Who cares? Like, let me give you some context. I had just cut off my primary income source and I was doing this to create a program that for the next two to three months, I will not be, um, I really like locked in my income and I, this, and you know, that's it. So this launch, it really mattered. Um, I mean, not to say people can't still join the job offer accelerator. That's another way that I help people. But um, essentially, I also have two part-time employees. And also last week I paid, uh, last week, the week before last, whatever. (laughs) Uh, I paid a much, much bigger tax bill than I expected. And then also I just you know, trying to keep in generosity of spirit. And I thought, oh yeah, things are really when things were really working out. And I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be a no brainer. 10 people are going to apply. I also made some donations in my personal life above um, what I typically tithe, which honestly I follow a 10% tithing model. Um, And y'all, I'm not rich. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm really not. And I'm still very much in a reinvest in growth mode in business, not in a highly profitable mode. I'm, I'm reinvesting a lot in it. Um, so uh, anyway, all to say, I'm trying to give you a picture of why I really started to get very disappointed. And the next part in this story is that um, I, so four people from that initial group that applied enrolled and then it was over a week and a half, and I was, I think, still, still yesterday, yesterday. So, 24 hours leading up to the close of the program and enrollment, I still only had four people, four in the program. And I'm so grateful for them, but I was like, Lord, where are the six? And in the middle of this past week, so about two or three days ago, I reached out to Rose, my marketing manager slash assistant who works with me and she, oh gosh, she is such a sweet sister in Christ. And I reached out to her and I said, honestly, Rose, you were always so gracious to pray with me and hold such faith with me in this business. And you are like truly a partner. You care about what's happening. You're not like a clock in clock out person at all. And I am so blessed by her. So blessed. She really cares so much about the mission and we serve it together. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Rose, honestly, I don't have any faith left. I do not. I don't think this is working out. And it's making me honestly want to just drop it all and quit. Not to mention I was working like 12 hour days every day this past week. Um, Which, by the way, I don't know. I always hear people say that. I'm like, oh, whatever. Maybe that's not that much. Like nine to nine was really what it was like for me. Um, but honestly that was draining and I was putting on this free workshop and I just felt like I was giving, 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 giving and not receiving at all. And I will be very honest. I was starting to get extremely bitter and angry. I was getting angry. I was like, what the heck, what is going on? So I I reached out to Rose and I said, honestly, I have been really convicted because I, my church were reading through the gospel, the all four gospel accounts together in a Bible study this summer. And I was just reading Matthew chapter 17, and I'm going to read it to you. I was just reading where there was a demon possessed boy. And it says that the apostles, they 
they couldn't cast it out. They couldn't heal the boy. And they they go up, um, or the, oh, what is it? The father of that boy, it says, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. And in verse uh, chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus says, you un unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied in verse 20, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could even say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And I have read that a lot of times and I've heard about it and maybe a lot of us have heard like the parable of the mustard or the story of the mustard seed, the principle of it, that if you just have faith as small as a mustard seed, which apparently a mustard, I don't think I've really seen a mustard seed. Apparently they're microscopic. They're really small. <laughs> um, actually I have, I've had Poupon mustard, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, those are tiny little seeds, tiny, tiny. And he said, if you even just have it as small as that, you could even do something. Honestly, as I meditated on this, I was like, wow, I haven't considered this that much before. If you have faith as small as that, just a little bit, but it's pure faith, you could move a mountain and nothing, It's a, Jesus himself said, nothing would be impossible for you. And I thought, wow, like what's the utility of moving a mountain? Like that that honestly even seems such like a frivolous example, but Jesus himself is saying you would be able to do it if you even had that small amount of faith. And I realized I am just some person in 2021 who happens to do this thing called career coaching and whatever, and I help people discern what they're really they feel would be a purposeful use of their career and what they feel assigned and assigned to and whatever. And I'm just this small person and I don't even believe that God could and would enroll six more people into this program that I'm honestly just trying to help others with. Like I have a pure heart behind it. I am just trying to be helpful and I don't even believe that God would help me Here's the thing. This isn't even my mission to fulfill. It is not. God cares about you being in a career in the station that you are called to way more than me. He only gave me as a vessel this to care about. He imprinted it on my heart and my mind to carry out from him. Like this assignment is from him and I do it through his strength and it's for his glory. And this is all for him. And he, I don't even believe that he would get 10 people in front of me to serve for his glory for himself. I don't believe that he would do that. I felt ridiculous. And honestly, even that convicting thought did not help me believe. I still did not believe. So I reached out to Rose and I said, I just, I feel so bad that I don't, I can't even have this faith. I don't believe. So I have learned, God has taught me a long time ago that if I can't believe something, I borrow other people's faith who can believe it. I've been doing that for years because ever since I was a little girl, 
well, I was six years old when I started having panic attacks about heaven. This is such a sidebar, but for some reason, I have always, ever like since conscious memory began for me, uh, and feel free to laugh at me. It's totally fine. I'm just trying to share honestly over here, but I have always been actually petrified and flung into anxiety attacks when I think about the concept of living forever. For some reason, that deeply disturbs me and it always has. And I really don't like the lack. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a really controlling person. I don't like the lack of control of no matter what, I didn't even choose to be born, but now I have to exist forever. And even if I go to heaven, like I, what if I just decide I don't want to be in this game anymore and I can't, and that freaks me out and I feel so trapped. And, um, and ever since I was a little girl, I just always would turn to my sister or my mom or my dad. And I would say, but you're not worried, right? And all the time they're like, no, Kelsey, why do you keep on asking me that question? Literally ask, <laughs> ask her since she is so annoyed with me. She was like, yes, Kelsey, but she, she is still very kind and she's trying to help me through it. And she knows that I really need her to say that. I say, Kirsten, you're not worried, right? And she says, no, I'm not worried. No, I'm not worried. And she's not saying you don't have to be worried either, but just know that somebody else has that faith and they know this isn't a problem and it's going to be good. And so that's why I reached out to Rose, long story short, or long story long. And she said, she prayed for me and it was so nice. And she was like, Kelsey, I believe for the 10. I like, did you hear me stutter? I believe for the 10, they're coming, they're coming. And she has been checking in with me every day. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> uh, still not here. And then, and also by the way, she and I were both like trembling when I reached out to her because she said, I asked God to put something on my heart this morning. It was the morning before I, that I reached out to her that night. And I asked him to guide me in the scripture. And I, it was literally one of those stories where she said, I randomly flipped open the Bible. And the only thing I read was Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 which is exactly, exactly what I had read before, right as I closed, before I shut my Bible, put it at the edge of my bed and drifted off to sleep. That next morning she woke up and she opened the Bible. Oh my gosh, God, it's just so crazy. She opened the Bible and that was the only thing she read. And she said, I had been preparing on the concept of having the faith of a mustard seed sent this morning. And yes, I have it for you, Kelsey. If you don't have it, I have it for you. And so I kept on checking with her, in with her and she kept on saying like, won't he do it? He will do it. He will do it. I believe it. And then still yesterday, I hit my absolute low, okay? Rock bottom. I had gotten ghosted again and two people even still that I thought were going to sign up had been delayed and they weren't. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not happening. And I told my mom, I just really reached my wits end. And forgive me if I just sound dramatic, but honestly, you try running a business. It is freaking emotional. Um, and I, <laughs> I called my mom and I just rarely these days cry very much. I, I don't think there's a problem with it, but just to give you context, I just wept and I lost it. And I was like, I'm so frustrated. I don't think I even have generosity of spirit. I don't want to show up for this free workshop that I promised to host tonight. And there's 25 people signed up for it. I don't even want to help, honestly. 
if I feel like God is not caring for me and I know that is so blasphemous and I'm so not that person because I always felt appropriately I was really my mom always taught me to have a reverence for the Lord and he's the God of the universe I don't doubt him okay um or his goodness or his mercy towards me but I just really was feeling some raw emotions there and I cried out to the Lord I cried out to the Lord why have you brought me here why have you called me I believe you called me I believe you told me to stick out my neck and create the calling Academy and I know the faces of the people that I know would benefit from it so much and why are they why is this not happening did this this was wrong this was wrong why is this happening and to not believe the point which I believe I've already done um, within 10 minutes, I not only had those two people enroll, but two other people who had been ghosting me say, yes, let's go. I'm doing it. And who hadn't even had a conversation with me. And, um, then I also got three more inquiries. And so, yes, things started to look really hopeful, but still, I was like, I don't know, God, I don't know. I I was very grateful and I was starting to see the clouds parting. But as of like, it was, I think, 11.59 last night that I still was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen or I just totally can foresee, even if 10 people do sign up, it's definitely not going to be by noon today. And because that's when I had set enrollment to close. And lo and behold, I had applications come in from absolutely random people, absolutely random people. And I had four calls back to back this morning and lo and behold, just to (laughs) wrap this story up, the six people remaining signed up within the last 24 hours, two of which were yesterday, four of which were this morning within an hour and a half, the last of which was at 11 17 a.m., 43 minutes before the deadline closed. And the last person was, I just, I was so struck by this. I was like, of course her name is Hope. Of course her name is Hope. And also, side note, forgive me as I make potentially way too much meaning of this. The first person to enroll, her name is Kristen, and that's a derivative of the word Christ. And I just thought, of course, hope in Christ, hope in him, hope in him. And it was just so, so wild. And I wrote out, I actually have it right here. Of course, I said, of course, God, the founding member, the 10th founding member is named Hope. Wow, you are so mighty and gracious. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Like Job says at the end of that book titled after him in forty-two, chapter 42, no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Nothing is impossible for me, for you. <laughs> Um, (laughs) nothing is impossible for you. You hear me. You hear me. And by the way, the 10 people who are within the 10 founding members that I've, um, that have come together for the Calling Academy are honestly, I did not know I could even hope for such an incredible group of people that I even hear like in our initial conversations, like our founding uh, the interviews before they enrolled, their callings are even some of them complimentary. 
and I could see some of them working together and encouraging each other and sharpening each other and being a gift to know one another, maybe even helping each other more, then this is so much more than about me giving help. And so anyway, I actually just wanted to share this testimony and what it has truly been like for me in the experience of sticking out my neck and doing this thing and thinking that this is what I was supposed to do, but then experiencing a lot of doubt, experiencing a lot of hurt too. And just, I, and there was a lot of stuff going on in my personal life too. I felt like really let down by some people and there's a lot more that goes beyond this story and maybe what you see, even though I have shared a lot, maybe too much. I know that I'm being a bit long-winded here. But there has just been so much in life that has been very, very disappointing. And I got deeply tired, deeply tired of trying to be a good person that is literally just trying to help people in this world and tired of serving and being asked to help people for free, honestly. And uh, I'm just like, wow, I... I, I did reach this moment where I was like, wow, God, I have to be cared for too. And so just to let you know that and some of the other things I've mentioned, to let you know the raw emotions of what has really come along with me starting a business that is aligned with what I really feel called to do. But I wanted to say all of this to, and show you the praise report that how, how incredible it is to stand in the gap. Essentially what I've learned from all of this is a life lived in genuine faith. And what happens, you step into things that you do not see yet. And that can sound really romantic and rosy and incredible, but stepping into things you do not yet see, even like Abraham holding the knife over his one son who God told him to sacrifice. So that actually would be a picture, a prophetic picture of how God would sacrifice his very own son to save us. And God even saying, no, Abraham, stop. I see your faithfulness. I see your faithfulness. Do not hurt your son. I gave you a ram to sacrifice instead. Just like he, he would provide the Lamb of God to be sacrificed for all of us later in history. And anyway, God calls us to step out and live. I believe a life lived in faith is where you decide to be deeply uncomfortable for the sake of a grander vision, where you actually say, I believe I was given a deep desire to see heaven be made on earth, bring heaven on earth like that, redeem a bit of it to look more like it was intended to be, like it was in the Garden of Eden. And you, in bringing that piece of heaven down, redeeming a painful and hurt and broken piece of earth back to its original state, you have to stick your neck out far sometimes. And that is faith. And when we exercise those those uh, moments in faith and we stand in the gap, we create opportunities of partnership. God is always working. He is always working. He is always accomplishing his will, but he, he works with the faithful partners. And it, it reminds me of the story of Esau. It says that 
Esau, if you read Hebrews chapter 11 and how it summarizes uh, Jacob and Esau, the twins, Esau was born first and should have received the birthright, but actually Jacob took it from him. Um, And of course that was wrong, but actually he wanted, Jacob wanted so badly to um, lead in his lineage. And to God, that is, he wants to work with people who have chutzpah. <laughs> I love that. I love that lesson, actually, that I learned from the Bema Discipleship podcast that maybe a lot of you are fans of. Um, I know a lot of my friends are into it. Um, but anyway, so God works with chutzpah and he is looking. He is, I can't remember where it says this. I think it's somewhere in Isaiah that his eyes are roaming the earth looking for the faithful who will say, I will partner with you. I will partner with you. He's looking for people to step into their assignment. And when you stand in the gap, it is his. He wants heaven to come to earth more badly than you do, more badly than I do to see. And I, by the way, I yesterday, I wasn't even just mad for me and my circumstances or hurt and annoyed and scared. I was really scared. Um, especially Q, what I mentioned about tax payment and having people on payroll and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, this isn't making sense anymore. I'm really scared. Um, I, oh goodness, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Taxes, man, they'll do that to you, especially self-employment tax. It's freaking rough. Um, But anyway, okay, I went back and listened and I, I have the benefit now of realizing what I was trying to say. So I was trying to say that I wasn't even mad for myself or scared for myself yesterday. I would also deeply really felt to, compelled to the point of tears. And I cried thinking about how sad I was that actually a few specific people that I know well, and I really wanted to help them and I I had I just see that there is honestly so much more for them in their career and there is a exact very practical solution out of the questions that they're grappling with there are answers there's a way to um step into the purpose that has been set before them for them to realize it and step into it I know there is. You cannot tell me that there's not. I have seen testimony after testimony after testimony of even the most self-conscious, the most confused people, the most downtrodden, the unemployed, the people who consider themselves multi-passionate and think they will never just find one thing, or the people who are so believing that they their cool jobs or the meaningful jobs or a purpose or a unique calling is for those other people, but that's just for the special few. It's not for me, every single one of them has turned around. I have seen this happen over 60 times, just specifically in only the one-on-one clients I've worked with, much less the other friends I've helped in my life. And or much more the, the other friends and testimonies I see around me in my personal life. And so you can't tell me it's not possible. Maybe I'm just like Rose held out faith for me. I believe I have this gift of faith in it. Not all areas. I'm not this like infinitely faithful person. I still doubt and I, I have my struggles, but I don't believe, I do believe that I was given a special vision and a special faith for what could happen in people's careers. And I could hold that for you. And I was holding that for a few people that I've been talking to for quite some time. And I'm like, oh, there is a way out of this. Like, I really believe, honestly, I don't push people at all, but 
I did. I just kept on thinking like, Lord, I really feel like they were meant to join this program and they weren't. And I cried for them. I cried because I just, I know that they don't have to stay stuck and keep on spinning their wheels. And how many people do you even know in your own life that they chose not to have hope? They chose to just buy into the definition of insanity their whole lives, which is to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. And they chose hopelessness. They chose, how many people do you know that have just given up in a certain area of life? And does it pain you to see? And it pains me to see this, okay? It pains me. And so all to say, whatever pains you and I guess the message in there is that our callings are not just this beautiful vision and the beautiful inspiration of like I want the world to be better in this certain way you know like I was saying on earth as it is in heaven in a certain way that you were meant to see and you were meant to care about and not let go of and be kind of obsessed with it um i that also isn't just, your calling isn't just an inspirational thing. It's also a deeply painful thing that makes you cry when you see people or things living in that unredeemed state. And so I want to just encourage you with this story that it is worth it to stick your neck out for your assignment Stick your neck out for God. And he, just like the loaves and the fishes, it was painful for the disciples and the thousands of people in that crowd to get to the point where they said, God, if you don't do a miracle, I will die. How much more dramatic is that than like my my business operations, okay? <laughs> and God, God will show you and give you the gift He will give you the gift of so much more of an awe-filled life because you stand in those gaps. You broaden your tent pegs. So let's do it. And I just want to record this, not even just for you, but for myself, because I know that there are going to be so many other times in my life, so many other times where I don't want to stick my neck out anymore and I become inward and I become security oriented and I store up things for myself and I try to create my own security, my own satisfaction, my own salvation, my own self-worth for myself instead of keeping open hands knowing that only comes from the Lord. And I, I know I am fickle and I will, and I am weak and I will forget. So this testimony is for me too, but I hope that this encouraged you to at least just know that those moments of being stretched to your absolute limits, those are holy ground and still expect for God to come in at the last second. Expect him to, he will do it. He will do it. And so anyway, Anyway, um, and for any of you who, like me many times if I were listening to that, want to say, well, he did not. He, he didn't come through. I have had many situations in my life where I, I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and that is the mystery of things, all right? We'll never know all the reasons why, but we know that he is working all things together for your good all things. And to give you, in case this podcast wasn't long enough, I want to speak really personally because as if, hi, sorry, as opposed to like everything else that I've been saying, (laughs) but, um, I, 
if I were you and I just heard me say, stick your neck out, pray essentially, and the miracle will happen, the very first thing, and I know some of you are with me, especially since I actually have whatever, what I'm about to say, I know a lot of my friends relate to this and I know a lot of my clients relate to this because I work with a lot of single women. So that's what I'm about to say. So if I were you and I would listen, I listened to me just say that I, the first thing I would think about, the first thing is, well, what about that time I got deeply, deeply heartbroken, deeply, because I actually thought All right, here we go. Um, I actually thought last year that I was in a relationship with someone that I was going to marry and we had um, somewhat of some plans or intentions talked about um, that we were going to get married this past April. And conversation, many conversations were had. And I just thought, wow, this is my story. This is, this is the person. I thought I received so many confirmations. I thought this was the thing. I'm sure going back to the testimony from Dallas Jenkins, it was kind of like my moment where like he had where how, what better of a deal could this be? Um, Everything makes sense. This is so glorious. Thanks God for like working everything in my life to bring me to this moment. I got for him that movie deal that seemed so improbable and so crazy and so good. Um, That's what that relationship felt like to me. And I have never prayed as that was falling apart kind of unexpectedly at the end. I have never prayed so hard in my life and yet it still fell apart. It still fell apart. And I have really never been so gutted in my life um, to trust someone so deeply, to get so close to someone. To And this was foolish, really, to um, talk so much about our future together. I now know that there's a reason why you try to stay objective as long as you can in the process of dating. Um, and I just threw a lot of caution to the wind there. We both did. And um, that hurt so badly, like grief to the point of physical pain for such a long time. And I have realized, yeah, if I was listening to this testimony um, maybe a, a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, right, Kelsey. Well, I prayed really hard and that thing didn't happen. But because that breakup happened, I have never ever one been so dedicated to my faith and learned what it truly looks like to rely on the Lord and know him deeply and trust him and I have never had to grapple so much in my life and of course it's like a breakup and you know people's family have died right in front of them and they've seen like horrible things and so like boohoo me right I know um but still those of you who have been deeply heartbroken I know that you you hear me in this um Anyway, so I have never had to so deeply work out, God, do you really work all things to my good? Are you really good? Are you really good? Why didn't you save this? I know you could have. I know this would have been nothing to you. And also, I've never been so dedicated to my career. 
I've never been so dedicated to my friends. I've never been so dedicated to my sister and realized what I have in her. I have not. I have cried on many occasions thinking, I know companionship like many people in marriages all over the world will never know because of my twin and how much more I dug into our relationship because of the one I lost. And then also, you know, I'm not in a relationship right now. I haven't seen that turnaround story yet. But what I'm getting to in this testimony right now, if you're prone to think like me, what's the miracle? Okay, I've prayed. I've been to my knees. I've been to the edge of my rope before. The total end of my rope and the miracle still hasn't come. The true miracle that we all have to look forward to and in the example in the example of relational hurt and that miracle not happening for me, only through that have I come to know the joy of knowing that even if I never get married, even if I never have another relationship or never know love or passion like that in my life again, that all would look like nothing, nothing. I'm sorry, it's just, and I wouldn't even be crying as I say this because I would not have known my savior like this if that relationship hadn't ended. But I now know that what I really have to look forward to, whether or not I ever get married, even if I have the best relationship, the best marriage the world has ever known, it will still look like riffraff compared to my true wedding day which is the day that I meet my savior. And that, that is what we see. Gosh, I honestly cannot believe I'm about to publish this on a podcast and it is honestly humbling and embarrassing and I know I sound so dramatic and I don't even know if you're a Christian, but this is my heart. This is what I know to be true. What it says in the Bible, it says that when he catches up us up into heaven, when Jesus comes again, that is the day of the wedding feast. That is the day of the wedding feast. And I am very comfortable with seeing God as my teacher and my provider and my savior and my father. But I have never ever thought of him as a husband. And I thought that was so gross and so creepy and whatever until I heard a sermon just in the last few weeks from Tim Keller. I I swear, please, well, I'm not supposed to swear, whatever. But like... Go look it up. It's it's titled The True Bridegroom by Tim Keller. It's a podcast. Go just episode on his Gospel and Life podcast. And he broke that down like I have never understood ever in my life. That God wants to invade every area of your life and to know you so much more deeply than even a, a, a earthly husband would. A marriage relationship, it's the deepest relationship humans can know. That level of commitment, that level of I'm staying with you and I know you, I know every part of you. That is what God wants for us. And he is working everything in our lives everything for you to get to the day where you realize that hopefully on earth so that you can see him 
actually on that wedding day as he is reunited, as we're reunited with him in the way that we were meant to be taken into glory with him and fully known and fully secure with him for all of eternity. That is the true wedding feast. And so why do I bring that up? That's like a relational example. It's because he is working every single part of your life, even your career to be an experience in which you actually get to know him deeper through the works of your hands and setting goals that are big, trusting him with a dream. He even, slash especially is what I'm trying to tell you guys, uses our careers, just like many other elements in our lives, to get us to see him at all, and then more clearly every day. Every day. So that is why I'm here. That is why I'm a career coach, not because I care about you to get all the health, wealth, and happiness that you could possibly want, though I, as a person I would like that for you, but so that you would know what true wealth is. To know your father in heaven and to know that you were not created by accident. And that you were put here for a purpose And that purpose is not to be a savior of the world in your own right, but to be an ambassador to who is our, all of our saviors so that you would get to know your savior as you act out a piece of redemption. And, oh my goodness, you guys, wow. I need to go wash my face. I have mascara running everywhere and I absolutely did not expect to share all of that. And I know I am going to maybe cringe a little bit knowing that I am going to make myself publish this on the internet. So be it, honestly, because I could embarrass myself as much as humanly possible and it does not matter if it, as long It is always a win as long as you get a chance to know God more deeply. Who cares about me? I hope that you forget about me or don't even think about me as long as I just serve as much as I can as a signpost to say, look at God, look at God. So in the meantime, I have learned to embarrass myself. I have learned to do that. And so... Anyway, here's just the latest installment of embarrassing myself, but all the glory be to God, all the glory be to him. And um, if you would like to join at the Calling Academy um, in the coming months, it's going to, wow, that couldn't have felt less natural to just transition into that. But I do want to let you know that if you happened to be hearing me over and over again, like blah, 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 what is this program? And you're interested in being a part of it, I will reopen it again in the fall. Uh, So if you would like to be made, uh, let that be known to you and be on the wait list for it, just so you get a notification like, hey, it's here again, then you could go learn more about the program and join me on the wait list at the calling academy or the calling academy.com. Um, but anyway, I pray that this episode is a blessing to you. I just need to needed to give credit where credit is due because this was the Lord's victory today that I experienced. And it's even his victory that I get to know him more because of it.
And I pray that it's even more of his victory that I hope that you get to know him more because of all of what he did today. <sighs> okay, bye. I'm going to go cry some more. <laughs>